You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What I see is that uh, we had a court, we have our starting quarterback that's been out and he's available this week. That's a good option. Uh, What I also saw is what our, our other quarterback was able to do this week. Uh, of course, I'm not going to, you know, say what our game plan would be. I would say that we have, uh, you know, some good options going on going into this week. Uh, that's what I would say. And we're excited about that. We haven't practiced yet this week, so we can't wait to get on the practice field. We have a good plan as we go into Nebraska this week. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here with you. Illinois football so far this season has had one of the most unique quarterback situations in the country and possibly in school history. Brandon Peters was the unquestioned starter, understandably, after leading Illinois to its first bowl game in five years after transferring from Michigan. But Peters has sat the last three weeks after testing positive for COVID-19. Backup Matt Robinson started game two, but left after just one drive due to an ankle injury. With backup Isaiah Williams also out due to contact tracing protocols, four-stringer Karan Taylor played most of the next two games, showing some promise, but also flaws in a 31-24 loss to Purdue, and then struggling mightily in a 41-14 loss to Minnesota. Last week, Williams returned to get his first career start. The former top 200 prospect and the most hyped recruit of the Lovey Smith era made the most of his opportunity, rushing for 192 yards, a program record for an Illini quarterback, and he led Illinois to its first win of the 2020 season, 23-20 at Rutgers. But this week, Peters returns to practice and is available for Saturday's likely must-win game at Nebraska. Lovey Smith and his staff, who are under fire for failing so far to live up to their own increased expectations this year, have a big decision to make. Do they roll with the senior who took them to new heights last year, or do they roll with the freshman who they hope can lead them to higher heights for the long term and potentially jolt an offense that is the second worst in the Big Ten in scoring offense? Today on the Illini Enquirer podcast, we chat with someone who knows a lot about odd quarterback years and the conflicting dynamics that play out in a quarterback room. Riley O'Toole joins us next to discuss that and what he would like to see the Illini staff do with quarterback this week. That's next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast. And uh, there's a lot of talk about the Illini quarterbacks this week. So I wanted to talk some quarterbacks here on the podcast. And uh, as I did a, a few months ago previewing, um, you know, I have a guy that I can talk to, an expert and a, a guy who brings a lot of insight into uh, what it's like to be a Big Ten quarterback. And that's former Illini quarterback Riley O'Toole. Riley, thanks for joining me, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me back on. I always enjoy uh, talking Illini football with you guys. Yeah, well, first of all, it, it just hasn't gone the way many of us expected. Of course, COVID has impacted this team, but um, e- even with that, Riley, the, the start at Wisconsin, uh, the game against Minnesota being uncompetitive, they get the win at Rutgers, but what are you seeing um, just as, as somebody, you know, as a fan now and, and as somebody who has an interest in this program, wh- what have you thought through four weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think uh... – like you said, like everyone, I thought had high expectations. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you go into Wisconsin the first game of the year and um, kind of get blown out a little bit. And, and then, I mean, I, in my mind, I chalked it up. Just Wisconsin must just be really good this year. Obviously, that quarterback was highly tatted. And I was like, okay, maybe they're the real deal this year. And against Minnesota, and then you kind of, at least for me, kind of got brought down to a couple notches and I was just like, wow, maybe we aren't as good as we thought. And, and then, uh, like you said, obviously there's, um, going with COVID and everything and everyone having to adjust that way. But, um, I've said this before, I mean, everyone's going through that. Everyone's not hundred percent. So, um, yeah, you can talk about that a little bit, but at the same time, everyone's in the same boat and, uh, it is disappointing to, to kind of get blown out, especially in games when, um, you totally stack up, um, from a from an athletic standpoint and player standpoint, and uh, that's what I was excited about this year. As I didn't think we would be kind of outmanned as much as we have been in the past, as far as skill set and depth, and uh, so that's been pretty disappointing. But um, yeah, they got a win at Rutgers, and then um, obviously it wasn't pretty, but um, hopefully they can stack stack onto that and, and get a little taste of winning, and they can go forward. But um, yeah, it has been a little bit disappointing, but um, still some some ground to make up, and, and hopefully going into next year we can get some momentum and some confidence. Well, Rod Smith said the other day, I've had the pleasure of uh, coaching four different starting quarterbacks this year already in four games, which of course was joking. Um, you've, you went through an interesting year that I want to get into, but this has been unlike any other. Brandon, obviously, after the Wisconsin game, which he wasn't that great in, uh, test positive for COVID. You get Karan Taylor. Um, well, Matt Robinson started game two, gets hurt, uh, and then Karan Taylor plays most of the next two games. Isaiah Williams comes back from contact tracing and, and has a career you know 192 yards in that game but before I get into that I want to kind of get into your year where you had a a crazy kind of quarterback situation um and and get into the dynamic of what this is like so 
let's dive into that first. The dynamic of a quarterback room, Riley. Um, it's it's unlike any other position because you spend so much time together. I know you, sure. Nate Shieldhouse, Miles O'Say, great friends. Uh, but there's only one ball, and, and unlike other positions, usually you don't rotate there. Uh, and the quarterback, of course, is is the most well known guy on the team. Um, so what is that dynamic like? It's it's friendly. It seems like it's competitive. But yeah, I would imagine it's it's there's going to be some jealousy at times too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if I sat here and said that there wasn't, even though um, I was lucky enough to to be good friends and and always hope for success, but at the same time, you're always like, I feel like I could have done that as well. Um, or if I just had the opportunity and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it is tough. And uh, like you said, quarterback's a little bit different because only one guy can play at a time most of the time. So um, it's definitely an interesting dynamic, but I'm just thankful that when I was going through the process that I had um, everyone in the room was was very supportive and and, uh, at least um, acted that way. And and I never felt anything different. Um, I don't know the guys in the quarterback room um, very well now, but um, I mean, you have to, it, it's kind of bittersweet because you go, I'm sure a lot of those guys came to Illinois because they thought they had a chance to play early. And um, when that doesn't happen or they bring in a, a grad transfer, um, it definitely makes you think like, oh yeah, they brought in a grad transfer because maybe they, they didn't think I could get it done. Or because um, I remember when they brought Wes in, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> next year maybe isn't my year, you know? So, um, definitely a lot of mind games and it's, is tough. And, um, Karan, I remember when he went in and, and I was on Mikey Dudek's podcast, just saying how tough that would have been, um, being a four string quarterback and not getting any reps and, and going out there. And I bet all the quarterbacks in the quarterback room were, were rooting for a guy like that because I'm sure they know just as much as anyone, how tough it is to go out there with a lack of reps. I'm sure he had, and uh, so it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, and like I said, I was lucky to uh, to have the guys in my room and and the quarterback coaches that I had that were uh, were great in, in keeping everyone involved. So weird dynamic, weird situation, especially this year um, having four guys go in and out. But I'm very interested to see how they how they utilize the the players going forward. Riley, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Um because it wouldn't be fair when you were playing, but you know, when Nate was, Nate was there, he's the starter. He's the established guy. You knew that kind of coming in. Um, but you kind of waited your turn behind him. You did play as a freshman, so you didn't redshirt, but then they bring in Westlund. And I know the transfer culture isn't what it is now, but did you ever consider transferring? Uh, I did a little bit. Um, I think after that freshman year, because I was so high on, um, Jeff Brom and, and Petrino and right. I love Zook, but, but, uh, really when you go to a team, you're really latching onto your position coach, um, for the most part, uh, just because that's who you're spending the most time with. And, um, freshman year, I mean, they brought me in and, um, they like throughout the recruiting process, like they when they were at Arkansas with Ryan Mallett, obviously that's, uh, a tough person to compare to as far as like arm strength and all that stuff. But they were showing me kind of what they were doing in Arkansas, more of the pro style offense. And they were just kind of saying they didn't really have someone like that on the roster. Um, so that was kind of a big reason. One, I love the coaches. And two, I saw kind of 
what they had in mind mm-hmm. um, as far as an offense going forward. So I was like, okay, I could go in, kind of do what I did in high school with a lot of play action pass and all that stuff. And um, and then we start out six and zero, and of course they're not going to feather in a, a true freshman quarterback when you're ranked top 15 in the country. So that was just an interesting year. But um, I thought about it after that year just because I was pretty bummed about um, Beckman leaving – or not Beckman leaving, uh, Brom leaving and then Beckman coming in. And um, But at the same time, I'm, I'm glad I didn't. It's, it made me a better person. And, and uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine leaving those guys on the team. We I couldn't have had a better college experience as far as – meeting people but uh but yeah like you said when when Wes comes in and I mean I didn't know Wes and of course Wes is a extremely uh quiet guy so he comes in and he's standing on the side I'm like who's this six five guy that just threw for like 600 yards in his second game ever yeah. so um I was a little nervous but at the same time um I've been in that position so many times I, I was extremely hungry to to compete and um, when Nate was gone, I, I was kind of like, well, it's now or never. And of course it didn't work out the way I thought it would, but, um, everything happens for a reason. I still got to play a little bit and, and get my time in the spotlight, I guess. Yeah. Not, not to get sidetracked here, but, um, you know, I, I talked to Jeff Brown when he was an assistant here, uh, for the short time he was, and I, I was impressed by him. Uh, did you know that he was going to be um, one of the highest paid coaches by the end of the decade. I mean, did you see that future for him or would you think of, why'd you think he was so good? Yeah. Well, of course, when you're 17, 18 year old, you don't think about them leaving and, and being a head coach one day. You're just like, wow, I, I just, I relate really well with this guy. Um, I mean, he was just extremely relatable. And I think anytime you can get someone that played at the highest level at your position and, and, um, kind of knows what, what you've, what you see out there and, and what he sees and, and you know that he's been successful in that position. I think that puts them kind of on a pedestal of, um, of playing that position. Um, and then just anytime you talk to him, like I said, it's, he was so relatable, had a great sense of humor, but at the same time, it, he was like the perfect combination of, um, having a sense of humor, keeping things light, but at the same time, lighting the fire under you and, and uh, getting you going and making you better. Um, which I, I, I really enjoyed. And um, I saw, I mean, Cubit was, was the same way. I mean, he might've been a little bit harder on me, but I was also a little bit older. So, um, but I, I enjoy, I mean, you guys know me well enough to where um, not, not super serious a hundred percent of the time, like to have fun, but at the same time I enjoyed getting coached and getting pushed and being told when, when things didn't go well or, or if I didn't make the right read. Well, let me get so, back. Yeah, I, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So, if I could choose a, a coach, it would be kind of similar yeah. to uh, Abraham or or Cubit. Yeah. Well, I, let, let me set this up because I want to get into what the team has now at quarterback and kind of the situation they're in. Because 2014, uh, what an odd year it was at quarterback, and obviously you played a big role in, in helping this team get to a bowl game throughout it all. But um, after that Texas State game, Wes Lunt got hurt. You made the next start. Um, so kind of a situation that Matt Robinson went through or Isaiah Williams goes through. As you're getting ready to start against Nebraska, how does your mindset change in the week leading up knowing you're going to be the starter rather than the backup? Yeah, I mean, um, first and foremost, I mean, it, it's just much different getting so many reps. Um, 
I, it was just like, it was super fun and great to get all these reps at, at the same time. Um, they were working Aaron in a lot. Um, so in the back of your mind, I feel like they didn't really, well, cause Wes, they didn't necessarily know if he was going to, they were kind of waiting until game time. And then mm-hmm. a few days before the game, I think they officially determined that he couldn't make it back. But I remember Wes like suited up for the game, yeah. I believe. Um, so um, one thing that I always struggled with, and maybe that's just because I had so many r- rough moments in my college career was um, I always thought it was like, it was just always in the back of my mind that they didn't like commit to a starter. And I totally understand if you don't do that to the, to the media, but mm-hmm. uh, even in house, um, just like we're going to roll with you. If things don't go well, we're still going to stick with you type of thing. Um, at least maybe that was just my mental state at the time. But, um, and of course you hear everyone wanted Aaron Bailey to play at that time. Yeah. Um, he was such a high recruit, so you hear all that noise, of course, and and then you go out and kind of lay an egg, and and then you're like, I just wasted my my a perfect opportunity to to Tom Brady this whole thing. At least that was my <laughs> my mindset. So um, it's tough, but I mean, getting all the reps it made a world of a difference, and um, I think it's it's much different going into a game where you're you know you're going to play the whole game versus just a, a few series here and there. And I think that took me a while to. To get used to that, as you could tell, I was trying to fit the ball into Justin Hardy on the pylon when it was when we're on the ten yard line, you know. Yeah, and then then Lunt came back for the Purdue game, but he got hurt again. Um, so you play at Wisconsin, but Aaron Bailey gets in for most of the fourth quarter, scores a couple of touchdowns. Um, it's probably something like Matt Robinson uh, has gone through with seeing Isaiah Williams come in and and play well. What were your emotions like? Um, you mentioned Aaron, hyped prospects. Everybody, everybody kind of wants to see this guy. Um, and, but there's you um, who's been there and, and waited his turn. So what were your emotions like and, and what was the coaching staff kind of telling you through that? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I think uh, – well, I do know – granted, I don't know if this is the reason why I didn't go back in, but I, I got pretty banged up in the Wisconsin game. I got a hit pointer and mm-hmm. sprained my ankle pretty bad. And I remember coming out, it happened to, on a run in the first half, and then I came out and in the second half, I couldn't really throw the ball. Um, and uh, and then, of course, we couldn't get anything going. So Aaron goes in and, and does really well. But uh, I remember Cubit came to me on the sideline and just said, hey, we just need to get through this game and, and go into next week. Um, nothing's changed. We're still yeah. – and this was on the sideline, of course, so um, – things probably could have changed, but uh, it definitely made me feel good that he came over and said that to me, but, but it is tough. I mean, Aaron came in and played great. And I mean, I loved to see that just because I, I knew that he just wanted to play so badly and he had a ton of talent. Um, but at the same time, at least relating to Matt Robinson, I, I bet at some point, it comes down to, to how comfortable you feel with a guy out there. And I think, um, and I don't want to speak for Isaiah or, or Aaron, but um, I know Cubit had a lot of confidence in me, at least to, to get in the right play and, and not be in any bad plays. Um, and I think that may surpass having a ton of talent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'd be in a bad play and, and a great talented player can get you, can, can make it look like a great play, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, 
there's so many plays that you call out there as a coordinator that you that you are anticipating defense be in. But if they come out and they're not doing that, then a lot of these plays are, are aren't going to work. So having a quarterback that that knows that and could potentially change the play and get into a better one, a lot of times um, is is better to have out there than than someone that um, may not be able to do that as consistently throughout the game. But uh, but yeah, I bet the coaches feel super confident in Matt Robinson to to run the offense. Um, but when those other guys get their opportunity and you see that they played well, it's kind of tough to keep them off the field when when they break records or or score three times in, in one quarter and stuff like that. Yeah, at some point you got to make plays, right? Um, and and uh, your year, of course, those last three games, Riley, um, you're the guy because uh, Wes wasn't very effective against Penn State. You come in. Uh, and the rest is history with those two two wins. You get to a bowl game. Uh, how did you kind of lock in? Um, you know, this is the end of your career, of course. It's a big opportunity. But how did you do that, and how, how did Wes handle all of that? Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I, I was extremely fortunate to be around some awesome guys, and when Wes was was no different. Um, I mean, we, we just – at that point, we just wanted to win, and, and – uh, Wes could not have been more supportive. I mean, we throughout the whole year, we were always watching film together and, and telling each other what we might see or, or just kind of bouncing ideas off each other. And, um, they had a great relationship with Ryan and Bill Cubitt. So that was just a, a really fun year and a great quarterback room, even with, with Aaron and Chase and, and Manberg in the quarterback room with us. But um, hey, I'm, I'm, you would never say this, but I'm sure it was really tough on him um, just – being banged up and then you come back and I'm sure it's in the back of his mind that he wasn't hundred percent healed and um, any, any hit or any time someone falls on his leg, it could be even worse than it was before. So I can't imagine playing something like that. But um, for me, I think what it just came down to is I stopped making those terrible mistakes. And I think yeah. that, um, I mean, of course, when you're not making terrible turnovers, your team's going to do better, but, um, that just kind of continued to give me confidence just because I was playing more. I was playing the whole game or or came back and moved the ball against Penn State and, and took care of the ball, um, learning how to play for a full game. But, um, yeah, I think ultimately I just kind of settled in and got a little bit more comfortable. Um, yeah, you can say you played in 40 career games or whatever, 30 career games or whatever it may be, but how many full games did I get to play in? And I think that makes the world a difference. Um playing a full game versus just a couple series here and there. So I want to add that discussion just to kind of give some, some, you know, credence to how, you know, the situation they're kind of going through now or similar situation. Uh, Cause Brandon's out three games due to COVID protocols. He's coming back. But before we get into to what happens this week, uh, first Karan Taylor uh, got his best opportunity and there was some promise there. There's also probably some reasons he was the four string quarterback, Riley. Um, what'd you right. see from him? Because that, I mean, at least for him, no matter what, I mean, he got to show people or if he decides, you know, to, to stay at Illinois, he's, you know, I think the coaches think a little bit differently of him now. And um, he could have showcased himself to, to other schools as well. I don't, I don't know, but what did you see from him? Sure. Yeah. Well, you uh, of course see that he is a division one talent, of course, the way he can run around and, and clearly he can make some throws, but um, you can, 
like the first game when you're not expecting to go in and you're in kind of because of an injury. Obviously, it was backup at that time, but it's a little bit different coming in when someone's knocked out of the game because your expectations are are not very high. It's just go out there, make plays, and, and help us get a win if we can. And then when you have a full week of practice and you're getting all the reps, your mindset does change a little bit. Like, oh, I am a starter, um, or your mindset should change that you, every drive doesn't need to be a touchdown. Like you do have expectations now and, and um, being able to fill the ball away or, or not take a sack or uh, check out of a bad play or stuff like that. So I think you saw that more in his second start to where it was a full game and kind of ran into some issues. Um, but um, I think ultimately you saw that he has the talent, um, whether he's, he's able to, to stay um or whatnot but i mean he, ha he has the ability and, and um if he does decide to leave hopefully it, it's a place where he can play a lot and get a little bit more comfortable as a starter uh and then isaiah williams comes in um i think people are excited to, to see what he had and runs for a school record 192 yards for a quarterback and uh, leads illinois to its first win it, it's at rutgers and, and rutgers isn't very strong yet but what'd you think uh, of what isaiah brought to the field yeah, I mean, I was definitely one of those guys. I was texting some of my, some of my Illinois, um, not teammates, but just good friends of mine that, that I went to school with there and even high school. Um, just I was excited to see him just kind of get a full game um, just because the times he's been in, you saw flashes, but it's just little, little here and there. Um, but, I mean, it's tough to um, to not see the talent that he has. <laughs> I mean, 192 yards in your first – career start regardless of who you're playing i don't care if it's um an fcs school that that ha happens to i mean you still got to go out there and make plays make people miss um but i mean as everyone saw just being able to make um just being able to make those drop back passes can you make a, a third and five tough throw in, in a tight window i think those are things that he's going to build on and i mean he's only going to get better as a passer he's not going to get worse hopefully um but the more he works on it and, and the more um, experience he gets, um, I think sky's the limit for him. I mean, he doesn't need any work on his running ability. He just needs to – he doesn't have to be a fantastic thrower. He just has to be serviceable. Mm -hmm. I mean, Denard Robinson was one of the best players in the Big Ten for his whole career, and he never consistently – I mean, he got better every year throwing the ball, but he was never a, a drop-back passer. Um, I mean, forever there's going to be D coordinators worrying about Isaiah Williams um, running the ball, and he's going to put an extra guy in the box. So really, um, he'll probably be throwing to, to receivers that might be a little bit more open than than the windows that West Lunt was throwing through, throwing to, just because they have to um, respect the run game, um, which is why the dual threat is is so big now because everyone needs to try and stop the quarterback run. And, and when they do that, you're losing a defender on the back end and that opens up for the big plays. So hopefully he continues to get better. And I mean, I think, um, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I always think that when you say, if you commit to this, I don't know if, if, if Lovey has, but um, like the quarterback's not going to lose his position to injury or something like that. But in situations like this, it's funny. I'm sure you don't expect the backup to to break records like 
like what just happened, you know? Right. So it's, yeah, you could say that all you want, but if someone comes in and runs for almost 200 yards, it's a little bit tougher decision, I would think. So I'm interested to see how they go forward. Yeah, so let's get into that, Riley, because I agree with you. He doesn't have to be a great you know, passer, right? He's just got to be okay. And if he's okay, right. I mean, we've seen what Khalil Tate and Pat White, who aren't NFL quarterbacks, uh, can do at the college level. And I, I think we saw what Rod Smith's offense wants to be and, and is supposed to be, right? I, I think we saw it with A.J. Bush. It's just, you know, A.J. didn't have a defense with him, uh, and obviously he had too many uh, turnovers. But Brandon is back this week. He's a guy who led you to a bowl game last year. He's obviously a better thrower. We've seen him move a little bit. Um, so after three weeks off, do you think he's the best guy to start? Um, I think that's a tough decision. I mean, I think, in my opinion, I think that they will. Um, just because, like you said, his, his experience and what he did last year, I thought he had a pretty good year last year. And, and uh, I mean, it's just a tough situation because on one hand, I feel for Brandon Peters, like, yeah, he had a tough outing, but also Wisconsin's always historically like a top 10 defense in the country. So um, for us to kind of throw, throw that away after a tough first game when, and of course, with everything going on, like you could chalk that up as just nobody really knew if there was going to be a season or not. You don't know how you're going to come out the first Friday night of, of Big Ten football. Um, so I think they'll go with Brandon Peters. And um, but I mean, I think his leash is going to be a heck of a lot shorter than it has been in the past. So, um, and I'm sure they're going to sprinkle in Isaiah Williams, regardless of of how well he plays. I'm in full agreement. I, I, I don't know this. I, this is an inside information. I, I think they roll with Brandon. Um, and I, I think uh, he will have a short leash, but I do think they sprinkle in Isaiah like they tried against Wisconsin. But that hasn't been successful. And, and you saw this, um, Riley, that when they tried to sprinkle in Aaron Bailey with you guys, that wasn't very successful. Um, what is the upside of potentially doing that? And, and what are the real challenges of trying to rotate quarterbacks? Yeah, um, I, I'm indifferent about the dual quarterback system. Um, on one hand, I like it because I was that second quarterback for so long, and I was always like, oh, maybe just give me a, a, a package here and there. But um, I think now that I'm out of playing, I'm against it. Um, just because – so say you got Brandon Peters, and he, he's playing pretty well, and, and um, like a lot of times you'll tell – um, if you have something like this, um, maybe you'll say, Isaiah, we'll give you the first series of the second quarter um, unless we're in the middle of the series. So say you do that and, and Brandon drives drives down the field and, and has a great drive, makes three fantastic throws right before the end of the first quarter, and we go out and take a field goal. Um, but you told the backup quarterback he's going to get that second series of – or the first series of the second quarter. So do you throw in Isaiah out there and kind of stop the momentum um, that you just built? Or do you leave Brandon out there and kind of go against what you what you promised, essentially, the backup quarterback, and, and he's not going out there that, that first drive, and, and so now he's mad. Um, it's just tough. It's, it's a tough balancing act. But, but then another scenario is, is maybe Brandon struggles and you take him out, he loses – just the feel for the game, you put Isaiah in and you leave him 
you let him run with it a little bit and you give him two or three possessions and that goes even worse. And then you go back to Brandon, who's been cold for – it's just a tough situation. I mean, that's why head coaches are who they are to make those decisions. But um, I always think back to my freshman year. I feel like, especially when we were on the 0-6 run, I feel like I got a little bit more um, uh, drives. And it always felt like um, – like I remember at Penn State, I they put me in, drove down all the way to the red zone. Um, then they put Nate in to run kind of the goal line. Um, offense, but then they put me in again, and I always felt like they were just putting me in until I made a mistake, which yeah. – um, and I always found a way to, to do that, <laughs> which, I mean, I guess that's an argument to not make a stupid turnover, but at the same time, how would Nate feel going back out there after not being told how many series he'd be out, and then Riley throws an intercept, all right, Nate, you're back in, and then Riley doesn't go back in. So yeah. um, it's a tough balancing act, I, I think. Think I'm opposed to it, but at the same time, it's tough to keep a, a quarterback that is one for one in career starts on, on breaking some pretty big school records. So, well, and just a, an offensive weapon they don't otherwise have, right? So that's why that's why these coaches are, are paid the big bucks is to make these decisions. But let's let's say Riley, they do something neither of us expect, which is go with Isaiah Williams as a starting quarterback and commit to him. Um, that. I mean, Brandon wasn't too happy that Isaiah played as much as he did against Wisconsin. Um, I, I don't think they do that because, you know, Brandon has been their guy. They believe in him. But uh, if they went with Isaiah Williams just as a starter and, hey, it's your game, what do you think the impact of that could be? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – I mean, I kind of hope that they do that, to be honest. I think um, in such a weird year where they're probably out of any – well, they're definitely out of any chance to, to win the Big Ten, most likely. Uh, I think you play for the future. Yeah, that's unfortunate for a guy in Brandon's shoes that um, didn't necessarily do anything like terrible to lose the job, but um, he didn't play great to keep it. Um, right. And these coaches are, are fighting for their jobs now. So I kind of that's kind of my hope is that they go with Isaiah and just and just let him learn from his mistakes and um, help help him play through it rather than if he makes a mistake, you yank him out just because I feel like that does a lot more harm than good because forever you're playing um, with that reluctant mentality is, oh, if I, if I can't take this chance because um, I'll get yanked um, after that. So, yeah, that would stink for Brandon, and I would feel really bad for him just because I think he's a very talented player and uh, has played some really good football at Illinois, but um, – you brought Isaiah Williams here to, to kind of turn this thing around at Illinois and you saw a glimpse of it and he can clearly get a lot better. And, and uh, I hope they just give him the keys and, and, and help grow with him. So I hope that happens. Like, like you said, I don't think it will. And I don't think Brandon would be happy with it, but um Deep down, I kind of hope that that does happen. Yeah, I think a lot of Illini fans are with you just because you found something there, right, last game. And I I think Nebraska would be more concerned about Isaiah Williams, even if Isaiah – you know, is unproven as a passer. You know, I used to ask Tim Banks, and he never answered me on the record about it. Um, would you rather play the the running quarterback or the pocket passer? And uh, he never wanted to give me on the record, but you could tell it's that that guy. And and Rod Smith talks about it when when you got a guy who's dynamic like Isaiah, um, 
you know, it makes a defense corner gasp every time he has the ball. And that's why if, if they go with Brandon is the starter, Riley, I think they just need to run just like they do with Isaiah almost because we've seen he can do it, not as well as Isaiah, but I think they need that in their offense given their passing game uh, to be successful. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a great point. And uh, like you said, that that's that's Rod's offense. So um, let's just commit to it at this point. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, maybe Brandon wouldn't like to take so many hits, but I'm sure I would put a lot of money that he'd rather be playing and taking a lot of those hits than than, than not. So, right. um, and he can do it. Like you said, he's been he's proven that he can he can get out in open field and and uh, I mean he, he's a sneaky athlete. Just let him run the offense and. Um, and just see what we can go from there. I think I think that's a great decision and or a great idea, and I think that would be smart smart to do going forward. And and I mean the receivers and the line and the running backs. I mean if they're all running the same offense consistently, it makes a little bit less of a adjustment for everyone else too. If you're if you're kind of running the same thing consistently. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because uh, they need this Nebraska game, Riley. And, and this decision, uh, listen, the defense has to do it's part of the job, and they've been awful against Nebraska and, and pretty bad this year. But um, this is a huge decision and uh, uh, interesting uh, perspective from you, uh, going with Isaiah Williams most likely. And I totally get it, um, but uh, I agree with you. I think they're going to roll with Brandon. We'll see how it goes, but this is these are the tough decisions these coaches got to make, right? Yeah, I mean, you see, I think this is a perfect example of of why coaches get paid the way that they do. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think, or like you said, I think this Nebraska game, I mean, I think it's winnable. They've lost some, some bad games uh, or some games that you didn't think that they would to start this year. And um, so you can't help but think that Illinois can go out there and take it from them and hopefully they come out and uh, at least be in it at the end. Riley O'Toole, man. Always appreciate the insight. This is great. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Great stuff from Riley O'Toole. Uh, I think that's the only insight you can get from somebody who's been through some of these situations. And I, I think he's got an answer that a lot of Illini fans like to hear. Uh, he, he would roll with Isaiah Williams. And I do think that's easier for us to say because, yeah, I think that's more interesting for me. That's more interesting to cover. You get the future of the program. You've seen it give Illinois an offensive identity. Uh, while Brandon Peters has, has had some really good moments here, there's been a lot of inconsistency there as well. And uh, you hate you know, a guy that could potentially lose a job. Um, I don't know if he will, but to lose a job because of COVID-19, right? Um, and that he didn't get more of a sample size to kind of prove himself here. But this is a, a huge decision uh, for Lovey Smith and Rod Smith and that entire staff because uh, if you stick with Brandon and it doesn't work, uh, you tried to go for the short term and give yourself a boost, and it and it didn't work. Uh, but if you go with Isaiah and it doesn't work, it, it seems like you've moved on to him, 
right? And, and that Brandon's you know opportunity here, he obviously would not be very happy, understandably so. So this is why they get paid big bucks. And uh, this is a huge decision, I think, for the rest of the season, which I think, of course, should have a big impact on their futures here. So it's going to be interesting to see. We're, we're going to be at uh, Nebraska and we're all going to be very interested to see who uh, takes those reps. Lovey Smith is not going to give us the answer beforehand, probably until you see it on TV uh, a half hour beforehand or an hour beforehand, uh, but a huge decision for them. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just interested to see how it works uh, because I feel like they might halfway it, and I just don't know if that's the way. I think you got to roll with one guy. I'm a one quarterback guy. Uh, I just don't think outside of Tim Tebow, you know, coming in on goal line packages where he's obviously going to be successful because he's so big. I just don't see it really working. Um, you know, Tim Tebow, Chris Leak did it back in the day for you young kids uh, leading forward to do a, a championship. But that was a very small package of plays. Tim Tebow came in and he obviously was a better passer than, say, uh, an Aaron Bailey. But uh, I, I'm a one quarterback guy and I think you got to commit to him. And if you want to get Isaiah on the field, Put him in at slot receiver. Um, have him rep there for some some plays during the week. Have him rep as the backup. But if you do roll with Brandon, I think you got to roll with your offense. Rod, stick with what you do. Uh, and, and I wrote this piece before the before the Purdue game that you got to treat your dual threat quarterback like a dual threat quarterback. And, and Rod reiterated that this week that if he plays Brandon, Brandon has been successful on the ground. That has been the best thing this offense has done when he's been on the field the last three, four games that he's been on the field. you got to let him do it. And I know it opens him for injury, but you've seen now a guy in Isaiah Williams can give you a jolt. Uh, so I, I just wouldn't play scared like that. I think you've got to open that up and have you know Nebraska have to respect Brandon Peters' legs or Isaiah Williams' legs because that's going to open up your, your passing attack if Nebraska brings another guy into the box. So you roll with one guy. But whoever that guy is, Rod, run your offense. Run what you want to do because Brandon can do it. Maybe not as well as Khalil Tate or Denard Robinson or some of those guys. But that dynamic, I think, should help open up the passing attack, which we know Brandon is a better passer um, than Isaiah Williams at this point. But uh, either way, I would roll with one guy. All right, if you want to check out the latest, I'll have a big piece on this as well at IlliniInquirer.com. And if you uh, are not a VIP member, now's a great chance uh, to sign up. 50% off a VIP subscription right now at IlliniInquirer.com. It's more than $50 savings. I think I did the math. It was less than 15 cents a day. So we got our basketball content churning out right now. We got all the football content going into a big game for this program, big game for the quarterback position. So check it out at IlliniInquirer.com. Always appreciate you listening to the podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. That always helps us out as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 Kiss the Future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply